Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello for the second time today. If you're not listening to the second episode that's coming out today, you're probably going to listen to this intro and be like, what are you talking about? But I missed last week of putting out an episode, so I'm making up for it this week with two episodes coming out on the same day. I just caught up on, you know, everything that's been going on in the last week or so, but just in case you didn't hear that, no real announcements or anything with Instagram, nothing wild happening in the social media world, at least not that I've noticed, but I've also been like in a very work mode. I haven't really just been like scrolling TikTok. Around the first of the month is when I do, which it's the sixth right now, just for context. Around the first of the month, I spend a lot of time like revamping clients, um, revamping backend stuff. Like I'm very, very productive around the first of the month. So I don't really pay attention so like trends during that time. I mean, like obviously for client needs, I do. And, but just like in my free time, I'm not really scrolling as much as I usually am throughout the rest of the month. But anyway, today's episode, <laughs> I'm so excited about this episode. Honestly, I was so excited to even just sit down with Braylon and talk to her because I want to give a full, full, full disclaimer. This episode is number one, probably the best way to explain what it means to build a community via social media that I have ever experienced, ever been a part of. Like it's, it's very, what Braylon has created is beautiful and it is insanely, like it's a dream for a content creator. It's a dream for somebody who wants to build a community and you will hear her. I don't even talk about it too much because I want you to be able to hear it from her. So that's not only what today's main focus is about and stick with me on this one. So fun fact about me, I love 
The Sims. I have loved The Sims since I was six years old when it came out in 1999, though I technically don't think I started playing it until I was like eight or nine. Um, I think I was I was reaping the benefits of having an older sister, so I, I definitely remember playing it when it came out, but I my first vivid memories of it I had to have been like eight or nine years old and even to this day it's (laughs) also trigger warning like anxiety depression like not being in the best mental health state is a topic throughout some of this episode it's not the main focus but it's definitely spoken about so just trigger warning for anybody but fun fact about me and my mental issues is when I start to feel like I am slipping into a depressive episode one of the only things that I want to do is play The Sims. I really only play it (laughs) during those times, and a lot of it has to do with when I start slipping into a depressive episode, it's more so that I feel like I can't control what's going on around me, so I focus my energy into playing The Sims. And one part of it is like the building and the design aspect of it, but more so like playing the actual lives like of these characters. It truly... (laughs) It just brings me so much joy. And it's like a storytelling situation. I don't know. You'll hear us talk about it, obviously, in this episode. But that is primarily what Braylon's community is built around is The Sims. And I don't even want to say primarily. I take that back. It's an aspect of who she is and who her community is built for and around. But to me, (laughs) that was the very first thing that attracted me to her because I love The Sims. So anyway, really, really, really unbelievably great correlation to what it means to build a community as a content creator or even just as a person existing and some amazing ideas and resources that I had never even thought about. Again, I feel like I'm I'm drawing it out. I'm not trying to <laughs> take too long to actually get into this episode. But anyway, Braylon's handles are fluffy monkey across every platform, but it's spelled F-L-U-F-F-F-Y monkey so it's fluffy monkey but three f's and she is on twitter instagram tiktok discord twitch like everywhere you name it oh that's also kind of something that we talk a little bit about is twitch if you're not familiar with twitch it's like a live streaming social media platform in a way but not and before we get into the episode i just want to say really quick make sure you keep up with the social media survival guide on instagram and tiktok for now everything is being posted on my personal slash business account, which again, my name is Lex. I'm your host of the Social Media Survival Guide. You can find my Instagram at Page Media Co., which we don't need to get into why the names are different, but eventually the Social Media Survival Guide will be active on Instagram and TikTok. Both of those accounts are there if you want to go follow them, but they're not very active right now. I'm really just putting everything on Page Media Co. So, all right, let's get into the episode. Enjoy! Hi, Braylon. I'm so excited that you're here. (laughs) Finally sitting down to have a conversation. We have talked via DM for what feels like ever. (laughs) Get to finally learn a little bit more. And I'm super excited to hear your perspective on social media and just everything in general, because what you do is so 
specific. Like yeah. <laughs> we kind of just talked about for a second. I'm like, how did you even start this? Like, where do you even start with any of this? So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So my name is Braylon. I'm known as Fluffy Monkey around the web. I actually love that I have the same social handle on all platforms. I feel like that's like a huge flex. So it's Fluffy Monkey with three Fs in the fluffy part, a little confusing, but you'll get there. I'm a Twitch streamer, TikTok content creator, community manager for Discord. I run an Instagram platform and I run a co-working space in real life. So community is my jam. I really just love people. I've always been drawn to social media. I just think it's such a fun way to connect with other people all around the world. And yeah, I, I love making content, love connecting with people, love community building. It's just, I feel so lucky. It's all so fun. And you're very, very good at all of that. I will say, oh, and we just had, <laughs> you're welcome. And we just had a long talk about the co-working space. Cause I did not realize that they see you in this co-working space. I just didn't realize it was yours and that's incredible. And I loved hearing about it. So I'll give you a chance to kind of explain a little bit more about that too. But I definitely, I want to hear everything about how you got started with what you do. Cause it's so you're like living my dream. I swear. <laughs> so when I, it was like 2019, I redownloaded the Sims. I have always played the Sims. I've been an avid player. I just like through college kind of took a break and didn't have the time. And so I redownloaded it and I realized that I really like to build and I ended up making some really cool stuff. And I was like, you know what? I should like make a Instagram to show off these builds. So for like two years, I was just making builds on Sims and posting them on Instagram, just like slowly building this little following. When COVID hit, my husband was really into watching Twitch streams. And I was like, Hey, I think I could stream myself building the Sims on Twitch. And like, people would want to watch that. So I did that. I started with that doing Sims building and graphic design, which is what I did on Twitch. I had like different days. And I realized I also started doing a bunch of Instagram lives. And I realized at the time that I, I more so didn't like, like playing the game on stream, but I really loved just like the Instagram. Instagram lives where I would be talking to people, just like chatting the whole time. So maybe like six months into my Twitch journey, I switched over to start doing just chatting streams. And through that, ended up building this community of like mental health focused streams. It didn't, it wasn't, that was not my plan at all. It just kind of like happened. I would do these just chatting streams and we would have these amazing conversations about mental health and people would ask me for advice. And it just sort of like grew all of these kind people that were like, wanted to have these conversations. So now fast forward to today, I Twitch stream just chatting, mostly mental health stuff. I still do a lot of Sims 4 content on my Instagram. My Instagram is like strictly my Sims account. So that's like my little baby. And then I also fell in love with TikTok during the pandemic. So I kind of post a whole lot of stuff on TikTok. It's kind of just more like my brain. Like <laughs> this is who I am and it's cringy and I don't care. And it's just like me and it's fun. We're and then cringy. I do, and then I do <laughs> mental health focused, just chatting streams on Twitch. So I'm kind of like all over the place. I feel like I'm a huge mess, but that's kind of just me as a person in general. So I feel like it's very true to like just how my life is. I'm just like always doing a bunch of stuff. Well, I so. was going to say, I feel like it really shows that you're in the right place and that you've built a community based on the right things. Because like you said, it all just kind of happened. And I don't mean that in a way overnight, you just were like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like it, it naturally came to you and it naturally, you know, came up in your chats and in your conversations. And that's amazing. And that's it's so funny because it's like your Sims content was what drew me in because I <laughs> love the Sims and I just made it just like I commented on your post the other day and I'm like I go through spurts where I literally will play it for like a month straight and then I don't 
touch it again for like six months. And I'm the complete opposite of you. I don't like the building part. I like the actual <laughs> playing part. I do. I do a lot of gameplay too. I wonder, I've probably used like one of your builds in the past. That's so funny. It's so <laughs> funny. I love that you say your handle is the same across all the platforms because I was just talking to somebody the other day. And I was like, it is so hard now to get the same handle across every platform. And I followed you on TikTok for the longest time before I realized I didn't follow you on Instagram. And I didn't realize there were three Fs. So <laughs> I'm over on Instagram, like searching fluffy monkey. And I'm like, where is she? Like, I know that you have an Instagram. I know you're somewhere on here. And then one day I just real, I was like, oh, there's three Fs. And then I found you. So I are paths from TikTok. And yeah, I think I found you. And I was like, oh, she gives like great social media tips. So I followed you. And then I'm pretty sure like I commented on your stuff. You followed me back. And then I remember you commenting. You were like, oh my God, you make Sims content. And I was like, yes, I do. And you were like, I love the Sims. And I was like, that's so crazy. That's so funny. And I feel like that was forever ago. And it probably yeah. was like less than six months ago. I feel like, like it was longer than that. I was going to say my one year on TikTok is March 30th. Like I I just scrolled back the other night. It took me a really long time oh to gosh. see when my first post on there was. So it had to have been within the last year, which either is still crazy to me because yeah. I feel like I've known you forever. And it's also <laughs> so, so funny. Wild. All of our conversations have happened like via DM and I'm like, I feel like I spend like hours talking to you. I feel like it's so interesting. I find the same thing happens when you like watch Twitch streamers. Like you get to know them because you're like mm -hmm. seeing their face. So then when you like talk via DM, you like feel like you're talking. I don't know. It's definitely because we've like watched each other's videos so much probably. Right. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I know you. You're my best friend. That's the really cool thing about social media now. And this, oh, there's so many things I want to say to this. Like when people are like, oh, my engagement isn't good. And I'm like, well, are you talking to people? Like, are you making connections? Are you out there getting to know people? Are you networking? And just, right. And it's crazy because a lot of people don't realize like your social media isn't just a platform. It's you in the form of social media. And it's crazy that we just based off of Instagram and TikTok can feel like we know each other. And I've yeah. jumped in a couple of your random streams. Like anytime <laughs> you like happen to pop up on my story and you're like, I'm live right now. I'm like, here I am. So I want to know more about Twitch specifically because I learned a ton over the last year from working with somebody who streams. And I've obviously learned a lot from her. And like I said to you before we started recording, it's a whole different world. Like it's a yeah. whole different platform in itself. And it can be super confusing to somebody. And I think somebody just kind of jumping in to watch is like, what is going on here? Like, what is all this stuff on the screen? So tell me a little bit more about Twitch from your perspective and just your experience with it and maybe about how you learned it. Yeah. Yeah. So Twitch is definitely like we were saying before, it's definitely it's it's a journey and it is hard and there's not a lot of support. And there's so much information out there and there's 10,000 different ways to do everything. I kind of got lucky when I started my Twitch that I had like a very small community of online friends from Twitter that we kind of all started streaming at the same time. So we were able to like share resources, help one another out. And I think that's really necessary if you're going to start Twitch, because like you said, even as a viewer, if you're going in, you're like, what are channel points? What is a command? Like, what do these things do? Like there's stuff on the screen. It's like, and, like people super... know what keywords to type. And I'm like, how did you know to do that? Like it's yeah. literally just its own world. 
it is 100% its own world. And if you're like new to it, it can be very overwhelming. I always tout my community as being like one of the most welcoming because if somebody new comes in and they're like, Hey, like five people will be like, hi, welcome in. Like, hello, how are you doing? And so like, that's really helpful as well as like making sure the people in your community are just really welcoming because yeah, it's really difficult. But I think, I mean, it took me a lot of research it took me a lot of trial and error. I've been streaming now. It'll be two years in September. And I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. I am learning new things every day. There's constantly new updates to software. Like you are running a full scale broadcast television show with keys that do things. And I have a little stream deck with buttons that like affect the stream. And it's just like, it is out of control. And I feel like a pretty tame, like my stream's not that wild. Like I don't have a lot of integrations and you know, I'm like pretty mild in the amount of things that I utilize that Twitch offers. And it's still just confusing, complicated, very tech savvy. I feel like you have to be able to problem solve. I remember the first time I saw, I went to Ashley in person a couple months ago to do some content with her. And I literally just looked at her stream deck and I was like, how do you even know what these buttons do? And she's like, well, you program them. And I was like, <laughs> it's definitely like even the OBS, like the back end of OBS, like mm -hmm. looks terrifying. Like it is not it is. A fun, like <laughs> it is in a, an intense program, but I think having a community of other Twitch streamers, like other content creators is the most helpful. And also like, if you're going to start Twitch streaming, you're probably already a viewer in some places, like a regular mm -hmm. viewer. So you kind of like understand how things work or just reaching out to somebody that you know that does it, that you kind of give you a roadmap of sorts. I have it in my discord, we have a streamer section. So if anybody joins the discord and they happen to be a streamer or they want to start streaming, they'll ask us questions. There's resources and stuff. So yeah. even discord is its own world. Like, oh my gosh. And so one of my clients uses discord as their company communication. Yeah, we use it for work as well. You do. My only experience with discord is my boyfriend and his friends use it for their games and like oh they have like a little small server yes and <laughs> i'm in one of them they have this like game with like trading cards and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing here i just know what buttons to push but i always knew that discord was very heavily linked to twitch like i just yeah. always heard people be like join my discord server but even discord is its own can of worms i'm like how do you know where things go like it's it's so much and i love that you said that twitch is very much like a broadcasting network like you are essentially producing your own tv show and it's obviously not super comparable to i, I don't want to say it's not comparable to social media but it's obviously very different and it's yeah. very much more production based and yeah so where are the people like in that first community that kind of helped you get started you guys were all asking each other questions are they all still streaming as well are you no. still in touch with all of them like there was probably 10 and I think two of us still stream which is which goes to show strong. you like streaming just like beats down on you because it's, it's your analytics are crazy. Every month they're different. Yeah. There's like very little consistency from stream to stream. So like, you'll have a super great one where you're on a high and everything is great. And then you might go like a month where they're all kind of just like meh. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it just like juggles you around and tosses you. So like having, again, having a support system where you're like, Oh, it's like, and people right. are like, don't worry, it's happening to me too. Yeah. It's, it's rough. A lot of people start and quit, especially because there is no discoverability 
on the Twitch platform itself. So you That's have to have another social it's, media. Like it's outside promotion. It's outside promotion. Yeah. And it, once you get started and you have maybe like a base of 10 viewers, it's a little easier to get people organically, but it's still like you need to have at least one other social platform that like you have a decent following. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is that they're, they want to do the streaming part, but then after six months or nine months of streaming to three people consistently, they're like, okay, this is difficult. And it it sucks. It definitely sucks. Well, and I think it shows too. So I'm, I'm a firm believer that people shouldn't push themselves into being content creators if they don't enjoy it because. Oh, totally. So I think hearing you say there's, you know, ups and downs within your analytics on Twitch just shows that you continue to do it because it's something that you enjoy, not because you feel like you have to. And it's the same thing with like doing a podcast. Like people are like, oh, I could totally record myself talking for an hour every week. And it's like, well, it's actually more than that. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't really realize that Twitch was all, there was no inside search feature. Cause I know it categorizes you based on, I know it usually goes by what game you're playing, but I know you can be in that just chatting category where it's just kind of like come in and do whatever you want. So does it recommend you to people based on other streams? It will recommend you. And then like, if you were to say, go to like Animal Crossing and I'm playing Animal Crossing, like I'd probably be somewhere on that page, but I don't know if most people just aren't doing that. Or if it's just not a frequently used feature or, and oftentimes like higher viewer people are at the top and you might be like way at the bottom, especially in the just chatting category. That is a huge category. I I feel like that's got to be very broad. Like there's other things too. Now they've added like knitting and music and cooking and like all the stuff they didn't have before arts. Like there's a gazillion things now that are not just chatting, but just chatting still is quite a large category. But what I do to combat that, which I think is really helpful is Twitch recently added. They've always had tags. You can add to your stream up to five, but they recently added like, I don't know how many, 2000 more tags. So you can now use things like ADHD or anxiety, mental health. Like there's so many tags that you can use. I use one that's called chatty because I'm super chatty. And I feel like a lot of people find me that way. Cause it's like, I'm in the just chatting category. And yeah, I'm also just like talking the entire time, which some people really like. So I always use the ADHD tag. There's tags for every like LGBTQI, like all kinds of stuff. So that's really helpful. And that's something that I think Twitch is trying to work on better organic growth. Like they want it to be better. And those little changes definitely are helpful. And I was going to say, if that's a new or change or new ish mm-hmm. change, if they're adding platforms, when they add in new features, want people to use them, obviously. Yep. So I'm sure you using them and starting to incorporate that. I'm sure Twitch loves that. Yeah, uh, I used the love. ADHD tag the very next day. <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yes. On my <laughs> channel right now. I want all the other people because people on Twitch have very strict rules, which is fine. It's your channel. You can do whatever you want. But a lot of times they don't allow all caps or like emote spam or anything like that. And I'm like, come on, bring me the crazy. So like, I want the other people that are like, yes, I'm going to type in all caps. I'm like, yay, it's fun. Oh my gosh. If somebody told me I couldn't, you should see my text messages. They're like eight messages in a row, like in all caps. And it's like (laughs) two words per message. And I'm like, if you don't enjoy getting texts like that, then you cannot text me. Like, Yep. I'm the exact uh, same way. I love that. It's, I just feel like it adds so much emphasis. I'm like, I'm putting breaks in between these words. Like Uh, this is exactly. I can like feel how you're saying exactly that's funny but so many people are like that could have been one message and I'm like no it couldn't have like it needs to be all separate seven of it just plus my brain Um, didn't like think of the other ones until they were already sent like you know it's like continuous train of thought 
it is. It's a train. It's a running train of thought that never yeah. stops in my <laughs> ping ponging brain. So tell me a little bit more about what your transition was like, because you said you did your Instagram first and then got on TikTok because obviously it came later. But what was your transition like from moving Sims content on your Instagram to being more of just you on TikTok? So funny enough, I actually downloaded my TikTok like a very long time ago, March 2020 because Animal Crossing came out and I made like five videos on how to breed different like rare colored flowers. And those five videos all (laughs) garnished like almost half a million views. And I got like 10,000 followers like that. I did like your fluffy monkey account that you have. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I did not post again for nine months. I don't think I didn't touch it. Once I started like really getting into Twitch streaming, I started posting like Twitch related TikToks, learned how to use the app better just from like filming myself and realized like, this is really fun. I don't want to just make like Twitch related TikToks. So I kind of, I've kind of like just recently, I figured out what I was doing with my TikTok page, if I'm being honest. So (laughs) I kind of went through phases where I'd be like, I'm going to post a bunch of Twitch stuff and then like a bunch of Animal Crossing and then I'll post Sims. And I kind of was just like doing weird trends. And I still feel like I'm sort of doing that, but it's just all mushed together now all at once. I Um, feel like once you figure out that you can be person and not a niche, niche. like, yeah, yeah. like, wow, I love that. We're already finishing each other's sentences, but it's so (laughs) true because I say all the time and by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably have said it a hundred times, but I, you don't need a niche. Like you, you yourself are your niche and you don't need to say like, I only want to apply to people who play Animal Crossing. I only want to apply to people who play The Sims. And if, if that's the case, then that's fine. Yeah. But I just feel like that puts so much unnecessary pressure. And that's when it puts people into this box that you can only make this type of content. Whereas you yourself have so much other things yes. going on inside of you. I'm multi-niched, like, but I, I'm a firm believer that you don't need a niche. To me, you're always going to be Sims. Like that is. The funny <laughs> thing is, um, so my Instagram is niche down and I've tried to do Animal mm. Crossing content on there. And like my Animal Crossing content is good. Like I am a good builder. I make cool stuff. Like I know it's not my content and it just tanks. And that's the thing that sucks about Sims is people actually advise you if you're going to Twitch stream, do not start with Sims. Because the second that you stop, they're like, later, we don't care about you. Like crazy. I was going to say for your Instagram, you're probably already just so imprinted on that um, side of Instagram that when you post anything else, which is so hard because again, I want to- that TikTok, because you can jump around and you'll still get views. Like it doesn't matter. Right. Instagram is like, this is your, you're, you've dug yourself a hole. Enjoy exactly. it. Like, and honestly, <laughs> I like absolutely, like, I don't even post feed posts on my Instagram anymore. I haven't posted mm-hmm. feed posts in months. I'm like, whatever, screw it. It's not worth my time. And if they weren't paying me so much money, I would have like that account would be dead to me That is funny <laughs> because they pay me and I like continue to make Sims TikToks. I'm like, whatever, I'll just like put them, upload them on Instagram. And like, I don't care about it anymore, but yeah. So niching so down funny. does make you like, I'm like, I hate this. I don't, I don't want this anymore. Right. Like, I love it's a whole different world, but that was mm-hmm. exactly what happened to me was when I first, first started, I was like, I can only post social media tips. Like, this is all I know. This is all I know that I can post content about. And then I started to hate it because I would work for eight to 10 hours a day, making content for other people and teaching other people how to do social media that by the time it came for me with that, like designated time block that I had to create content, the last thing I wanted to talk about was social media. Social media. I had talked about it all day. And don't get me wrong. I love it. And I really could talk about it all day. But when I, I felt like that was the only 
box that I was in and I absolutely hated it. So I love seeing, and I've noticed that too. Like, I mean, just from following you, I can see your Instagram is very much Sims focused. So if you don't mind me asking and you say you get paid from that, are you paid from Instagram direct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in there and um, like bonus program for reels views. So, and I've tried posting other stuff outside, but the Sims just gets so many views on my Instagram account. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, this is just, that's what it is now. And how you give stories, like one of my favorite, like I love your builds for sure. But one of my favorite things is when you post like voiceover recaps of like what's going on in your family is like, I love the amount of people that have told me that I'm like, seriously, like it makes me so happy because to me, they're just so silly. And like, I don't know, I just have this need to share like whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I just want other people to, to be like, see what I'm doing. So when I when I play Sims, like, I'm like, oh, look what's happening. So I just like want to record. And I literally was like, nobody's going to care about this. But on oh, my I TikTok, care. people are like, I need more. I need more. Like, I'm so invested. I'm like, this is so wild to me, but I love it. I, I do so like telling funny. stories. I, well, I love your Sims stories. They are perfect. <laughs> like what's the one girl's name? Zoe. I keep up with her. Yeah. And it's so, I love hearing you talk about this is like so for lack of better terms niche for people who like know sims and if you don't ever if you've never played the sims this episode probably is not going to be of interest <laughs> i'm to you. sorry i love it it's i listen people who play sims are my people and that's why i'm like i know if somebody's listening to this they had to have played it at some point but hearing you talk about like the different settings like oh i play with age off and like all this stuff like that was nothing that i ever thought twice about like i knew how i played it and like i just never even thought twice about the way that other people were playing it like in such a selfish way that sounds but so i love hearing you talk about that because it's exactly like you said there's so much more to all of it like even down to Mm -hmm. how you're playing the game So I love hearing you talk about it. I honestly feel bad for like new Sims players, because if you were to go download Sims 4 today, like it is so complicated. Good luck. Like it is rough. You like three better than four, right? Other way around. You like four better than three. I, I like one and two. And then I like never, I played three, but not a lot. I was like at a weird age. I think like I was like Mm -hmm. too cool for school. I don't know. I think I was like 16 or 17. And then I got to college and I played four. So I just didn't play it that much, but most people that are like gen z they're like die hard for sims 3 that's like their bread and butter did you ever play the original like did you play yeah okay i was making these people woohoo like i had any idea what that meant there there was like a vibrating heart bed there were dancers like in cages that game was wild it was (laughs) wild yeah and like the grim reaper would show up like i remember Mm -hmm. playing i was like eight or nine and it was when computers and like the right like the first sims had kind of just started to get big like it was super common for games to be played on personal computers which is like so crazy to think about but I remember playing it like at my grandma's house and she would want to like monitor what I was doing and I like couldn't play it the way that I wanted to play because I couldn't (laughs) let her see like grim reaper showing up and like the strippers in the cages and like thinking back now I'm like no wonder like my family wanted to monitor my gameplay I'm locking people in closets and like taking the ladders out of pools to kill yeah. them I'm like what is wrong with me I'm pretty sure that that game was rated M for mature it was I remember positive. the commercials it was yeah I remember the commercials at the very end they would have to say rated M for mature like why did my mom buy it I, I don't I had an older sister I kind of got to like reap all of the benefits from her like I'm pretty sure that game was purchased for her but then I got like 
so into it. Like I had such a privileged thing to say. I had every expansion pack, like every single expansion pack. And it was when you had to buy them like on actual discs. So and I was like, literally full discs. Yes. To install, to install it. It's terrible. It's and hours. Literally. And now, now you literally just download it to your computer. Yeah. Like I bought my niece, the Sims like two weeks ago by literally just logging into origin and being like, here's your login. Like that's crazy to me. But do you play with like the fun mods on where you can like? I just do recently crazy downloaded things. a bunch of like murder mods and they're <laughs> super fun. You can like kidnap people. You can like, yes. there's a gazillion different ways to kill Sims. It's really fun. I remember one of the first, it had to have been The Sims 2, if I'm thinking about it. They had the university one come out where you could literally send your kid to college and you would like follow them to college and you would like, have to go to all of your classes on time and I remember being in like eighth grade playing this and I'm like I'm going to college like this is exactly what college is gonna be like no it's not yeah if you have a Mac you can actually download Sims 2 on the Apple store and it's like $25 and it comes with like a bunch of expansions it's ridiculously fun wait I have so much work that I have to do after we get off of this you cannot <laughs> tell me that because I really do go through spurts down which like thank God for origin and the way that it's set up now because I just bought re-download it, it four years ago yeah and I just keep going in every once in a while and re-downloading it (laughs) but and I remember when it got like so much more intense you could like pick the mom and dad to like make the kid and it would like pull features from both of them and like the original one like you just made them kiss a bunch of times until a baby showed up I wish I even knew what drew me to it so much I kind of feel it's like a control thing where I'm like, I can't control my own life, but I can control all of these little Sims life. But it's, I was going to say, it's really imaginative. Like, you know, it's like yes. kind of like playing dolls in a way. Yes. And I remember like when I was, you know, prior to being eight, when the Sims came out, I loved dollhouses, which like I was not a girly child Same. at all. Like I didn't, I didn't want baby dolls. I literally just wanted a dollhouse with all of the family members so I could make them have a life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's the same, same. So weird. But I seriously could talk about Sims forever, but I want to talk to you a little bit more because we've kind of joked about it. And it's like, I feel like you have to have a very specific type of humor, joke about these things. And just prefacing this entire conversation with mental health is not a joke, but some people just deal with it in a very humorous way. So tell me more how you got focused on that being like a topic in your chat. And I know you said that it all just kind of happened like right place at the right time, but anything you're willing to share that somebody else might be struggling with and just kind of, kind of how this all got to where we are now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going way back. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was six and put on medication. And it wasn't until I like really got to college. I was like a freshman in college that I kind of like had a realization of what even that meant, like started looking into it and like, just, I don't know, it kind of like shook me a little bit to like finally have this realization because I did get diagnosed so young that like, oh, this is like all the stuff that's wrong with me. And I like focused on it in a really negative way. And it, I ended up getting depression. It caused me to have anxiety. I was on like a whole slew of meds through college, but it kind of catapulted this self-growth journey, I guess, of wanting to like, be like, no, I'm not going to let this limit my life. I'm going to figure out ways to cope with this. I knew for sure I wanted to get off medication. So like the second I graduated college, I was like not doing that anymore. And I feel like through all of that, like I've always had a really positive 
personality and like really like positive outlook on life. And I've always kind of been somebody that like finds silver linings and everything. And then my, I just have like a really deep understanding of people. Like, I feel like I just get people really easily. So like all of that together, when I would do these just chatting streams, like I wasn't really having these conversations with anybody, like in my real life, I was just like doing a lot of internal work. I was reading like, like years ago, I started reading the holistic psychologist on Instagram and like that kind of catapulted me to like start looking at all these things. I think it was just a combination of like, I'm a very, I don't mind being vulnerable, which often is the first step. If you want others to be vulnerable with you is you have to do it first. I'm very inclusive. So I like to make sure that people feel welcome. So I think like on my Twitch streams, people would just talk to me about stuff or they would, people would come in and people love to like trauma dump on Twitch, but somebody would come in and be like, I'm having a really terrible day. And most Twitch streamers would be like, okay, I don't really want to talk to you about that. Like I'm here to play a game. Like, bye. Like, please don't talk about that. (laughs) And I would just be like, what's going on? Like, let's talk about it. Like, why are you having a bad day? And I just kind of started doing that with everybody. And then it got to the point where I was just like, wow, we're having like a lot of conversations about like mental health and just like about general wellness and all this stuff. So it kind of just like slowly built into this thing. And then I, as my community grew, I developed this community of women who were all just like really concerned about mental health. My mod team, there's five of us. And so we like put a ticket system in the discord where people can submit a ticket if they're like not feeling great and they want to talk to somebody in private. So we have like five support women that answer those tickets. We have like mental health sections in the discord. So it just like happened in a really wasn't planned. Call center. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do a that. Yeah. So it's like, we've helped a lot of people. Like I've had just like TikTok friends who know that I have that and they'll like, maybe they're not in the discord and they're not gamers, but they'll message me and they'll be like, Hey, I really need to talk to somebody. I know you have that thing. Can you invite me to your discord? And they'll talk about like grief or anything that they're dealing with in their life that, you know, they just feel like they can't talk to other people about. And it's just like really nice. Even for us internally, we have like our own group ticket that we do the five of us. And just knowing that you have a place where if you're like struggling with something, you can put it in there and like somebody is going to answer you. Like somebody is going to be like, don't worry, like let's talk this out. I've got you. What's going on? And it's just like really nice. And so that's kind of that, like, like who, like how one day were you just like, we should have this ticket system? So I was really big on Clubhouse back in the day. Uh-huh. And there was a whole, there was a whole Twitch like Clubhouse group really? and they had calls like all the time. So I would join in on those calls and a lot of times they would share resources. And I was talking about like in a mental health focused one, one time. And somebody was like, yeah, I have a ticket system in my discord. Or if somebody wants to talk to somebody, they can submit a ticket. And I was like, yes, we are 100% adding that. So that's where I got the idea. And I was like, this is fantastic. At that time, my discord was pretty small too. It was like not as big as it is now. And there was only two support women at the time, myself and another, another woman. So we've kind of just grown over the time. And yeah, I'm really thankful to whoever told me that idea. Cause it's been extremely helpful for a lot of people. That's amazing. Cause I had no idea that that existed. I had no idea that you did anything like that. And exactly why I love having these conversations because I'm, I feel like I know you so well. I mean, literally 45 minutes ago, I'm like, I know everything about you. I feel like I knew <laughs> forever, but I had no idea that that was a thing. And that, like I said, I feel like that all just like comes full circle that you do this because you enjoy it and not because you feel like you have to. And yeah. that is absolutely amazing. It's very satisfying for me. I absolutely love helping people. It's just something I've always loved. I think that's why I'm so good at networking too, because I always go into every relationship with like, how can I help you? 
Like what, what do you need help with instead of being like, Hey, can you help me? And yeah, so I love it. It's super rewarding. You know, when we are able to help somebody and then they're like, you you guys help me feel so much better. I'm feeling so much more confident in this situation or just like my worries are way less. Like it's just such a good feeling for me. And it's honestly so much easier. I feel like sometimes for people to open up and be able to have those conversations with people that they don't know in real life. Like yeah. I like Tumblr, like, were you ever on Tumblr? Like that- I witnessed that <laughs> I was not directly involved though. <laughs> like live journal days. Like it was just so much easier to open up to people that didn't know you. You said you run, you know, this co-working space. So tell me a little bit about that. I know we yeah. kind of talked about it a little bit, but I want to hear more. Like what does a normal day look like to you? What days do you stream? What's a normal routine? Like tell me more about the co-working space too. Yeah. So the co-working space is pretty low key. It's honestly like very nice. I'm there probably like 30 to 35 hours a week, Monday through Friday, which gives me time. I have the most energy in the mornings. I wake up and I'm like ready to go. By the end of the day, I'm like, whoa, I've actually like (laughs) hopped on calls with people before who have watched my stream. And then I'll like get on a call in the evening and they're like, like a different person. I'm like, I'm just, my energy is gone for the day. Like, so yeah, I stream in the morning. It's really nice. I enjoy it so much. I do it on just one weekday. And then one weekend, when I first started streaming, I streamed five days a week at the exact same time, every day, every morning before I got up for work, I would stream, which was it was rough, but the consistency and the keep same schedule is super important for growing. Now that I've gotten to a point where I'm happy with my Twitch, I'm like, I don't care too much about growth anymore. I just love this community. And as it grows, it grows. But yeah, so I'm there probably 30, 35 hours a week. I love it. I get to just see people and chat every day. I do have to take care of it like a second home. So I'm like constantly cleaning and tidying and doing stuff. We plan events, which is really fun. And then, yeah, I'm just like spending my day mostly just chatting with people. I think it's, I always had like really good soft skills. Like even at the very first co-working space I worked at, I would add everyone on Facebook. So then like when they came in, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I saw you did this like last week. Like, how was that thing? Like, I just like ask people about things that they're doing in their lives. And I think that's really a, a really helpful part of like in content. I like remember people. Yeah. I remember their names. If you come to my stream and you like tell me like you're struggling with something, the next time you come, I'm going to be like, how is that thing? Is that any better? Like, how are you doing? And so yeah. people love that. Yes. The co-working space just like helped it. I don't know. It's so weird when I look on all of it, like it's all connected and it's just like, I really just like love building community, like helping people. I I just love people. So it's like everything that I kind of have dipped my toes into, that's kind of like the core essence of what it is, you know, at the end of the day. So what did you, not that I think this really has anything to do with it. I'm just curious. What did you go to college? I got a degree originally in um, fine art photography. And then my junior year, I switched to visual communications and graduated with a degree in graphic design. Not because I think it's relevant. Like I truly, I don't think that, I think like medical field is one of the only ones where it's like, you have to like have a lawyer, like very few things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So it's always just so interesting to me to see what people thought they wanted to do at 18 or like what they thought was going to be, you know, their career at the time. What was your original plan with the fine art photography? Well, I actually, I correct myself. I went in my freshman year as pre-entrepreneurship. I was planning on going into the college of entrepreneurship. My like sophomore year, I switched to photography and I, I really, at the time, like wanted to be a fine art photographer, like be in galleries and like work as an artist and like go to grad school to do fine art photography. I don't know what made me switch initially. I think I took an intro to graphic design class and I was like oh I'm like really good at this and I just like had an eye for it and I was like because I, I 
I always say graphic design and photography are like the same thing. They're just composition. Like, can you compose things on a page? You know? So I loved it. And I was like, you know what? This is like a way more useful degree. I thought like, I was like, I already know how to do photography. I spent like three years in the fine art school learning how to be an artist. I was like, I'm just going to switch over here to graphic design, learn how to do this skill as well. And then I'll graduate with that. I took a very long time to graduate. So it's fine. I went to a public state school. So I dropped out of a public state school three times before I actually graduated from it. So for a degree that I really don't use, that's why I like to ask. So do you still do anything with photography? I don't as much with photography. Like I still have cameras and, you know, every now and then I'll do something, but not as much as I would like. I, I just like need to make something and silly enough for me, like making Sims houses and making content and making videos and like playing Animal Crossing. That's all like creating to me. So like that purpose. Yeah. I'm, I'm very go with the flow with everything. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have plans. I don't have content plans. I don't have content schedules. I do not, I don't like to content holiday anything. I'm just like, whatever I have the energy for today is like what I do. And sometimes it's Sims, sometimes it's this, sometimes yeah. it's that. And I just allow myself because I always say like content is fun. Like you said, And the second that I start having not fun with my TikTok, I'm like, stop, like you're thinking way too much about this. This is just for fun. So like take a break, take a week off and come back when you're like refreshed and you want to have fun. So it's kind of how I do everything. I'm like, fly by the seat of my pants, just follow my energy. Like what feels good? Okay, I'll do that. Do you have like set times that you go into the co-working space or is it just kind of- I do have like a set schedule. So yeah. I'm in there like Monday through Friday, roughly like 10 to three, Gotcha. which is not bad. Some days I start like a little later, which is my stream days. Cause I have a staff that helps me like man the front desk essentially. But yeah, so I do have a lot of time in the mornings. And then when I'm at the co-working space, I have a lot of downtime as well. Cause I'm not like, mm-hmm. there's not tasks I need to be doing all day on my right. computer. It might be a slow day where there's not people in there. So it is really nice that I can like kind of create content at any point during the day. So I feel very lucky in that sense. Like I don't have to right. just like come home and be like, okay, I have an hour of content time, like make some stuff. I kind of, and I can like work on stuff at work. I have like Illustrator and Canva and everything on my computer at work. So if I feel like making videos, like I can, it doesn't matter. So it's very, very nice. I allow myself that like, because of my job, I can just kind of be all wishy-washy with everything else. Right. Cause that, so like I said, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably have said this a hundred times, but one of the questions that I try to ask everybody on an episode is what a normal day looks like, or if you have like a set routine when it comes to not necessarily just your business, but more so the content side of things or really just in general. But I love that you say you kind of you know, go where your energy is for that day because energy transfers via video. And when Mm -hmm. somebody doesn't want to be making that video, you can tell like very Mm -hmm. much. And like you said, we're obviously very lucky that we have that opportunity to follow that energy. But I feel like that's something that a lot of people struggle with in the beginning is because so many people say, oh, you have to be posting three to five times a day. You can only follow these three pillars. And it's like, once you step away from that feeling of being put into a box, it's so much easier to create. And I, I'm a firm believer and I always use, again, reference will probably have been used a hundred times, but Jenna Marbles is somebody who I always refer back to. Like I loved Jenna Marbles and I would have watched 
a 60 minute video from her. I would have watched a 60 second video from her. I would have read a blog post from her. I would have watched a YouTube video. Like it did not matter. I loved her for her. And that I feel like people forget. Yes, it's about consistency. Yes, it's about continuously showing up, but it's also people liking you for who you are, regardless of the content. And I feel like once you can kind of make that shift, like you said, you know, you aren't putting yourself in this box of I have to create this content, a whole new world opens up. And I I love that for you because I talk to so many people who are so frustrated with it. So it's super refreshing to hear it from you. Yeah, I will say like my growth, the only downside is, well, it's, I don't even consider it a downside, but some people might, my growth is extremely slow on TikTok. And I've had like multiple videos hit go viral, hit millions, whatever. But because it's so slow growth, every like follower that I have a carbon copy of myself, Mm -hmm. like is a woman has a neurodivergency, like plays the Sims plays and is a little bit spiritual. Like, and it's, it's wild because I have this whole collection of all these people that are just like, Hey, we like all the same stuff as you. And like, yeah, I I've been on TikTok for, you know, like two and a half years now I have 20,000 followers, but those 20,000 followers are like super fans. So at the end of the day, it's, I'm okay with it because it's like, these are, I can pretty much post whatever. And I'm guaranteed Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, yeah, you have the continued support no matter what your content is about, but right. Exactly. They're like you and they like you. I just made a video recently. I don't even know if I've posted on TikTok yet. Probably not, but fast growth is not efficient and slow growth is like, I, like you said, I, my Instagram right now, 27, maybe 2,800 followers. And that's for about a year. Like, I think I've had that Instagram account for about a year. And like, is that an insane number? Not really. But when I can say that I have had a conversation with 99% of those people, I would rather be able to say that than to be like, I woke up to 100,000 followers today. Cause I don't care. Not mm, that sounds bad. Not that I don't care about (laughs) that, those people, but it's, I would rather know that I have a group of people. I don't even like calling it a following. It's a community. I would rather have that solid community. Like you said, people can say one thing to me and the next time I talk to them and be like, how's that one thing going? Or like, did you figure your prices out yet? Did you figure your packages out yet? And I would rather have that connection with people than to have some vanity number that truly at the end of the day does not matter. When I first started my Twitch account, I was like, you know, in the early ages of content creation. And I, with my Instagram, I was just like followers, 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 like I just Mm -hmm. want followers, like more, more, more. When I first started Twitch after about six months, I realized that like, if I just continue to want followers, this beautiful community that I have and my ability to engage, because if you are a large creator on Twitch, it is so hard to engage with your community because your chat's just flying. Like I was just going to say, by the time somebody says something, it's already like six swipes up because it just goes. I have like, I average like 18 to 25 viewers on Twitch and my chat is already like that. So I had to put it into Mm -hmm. slow mode because I was like, I want to be able to read all of your messages and like really respond to all of them. Mm -hmm. And so at some point I was like, you know what? I would rather grow slower. I'm getting quality people that like Mm -hmm. actually are engaged and want to be here and not just because they like the video game that I'm playing. Right. Um, And same with my discord. My discord is like maybe 200 people, but it's like 80% active. 
like the people that are in there are utilizing it and they want to be there and they're contributing and like it's beautiful it's this lovely little amazing community and if you were to like have somebody say sometimes somebody in twitch will raid another creator which is basically like at the end of their stream they take their whole community and bring it over to another streamer so for instance if you're like in the sims community and you get raided by say like Lil simsy she's got like five thousand people watching her if you get raided by her you can you can if you're great and you're good and you know what you're doing it could be an overnight success for you i've seen people have that happen to and the next thing you know their streams are averaging 100 or 200 people like it's almost overnight and i used to want that so bad i used to be like give that to me like i just i wanted that and then i had to just pump the brakes and be like, I would lose everything that is magical about this community. If that was to happen to me, I would have to have people in there that I didn't like, that didn't know me, that were maybe rude. Like I was like, that is the last thing I want. You know, you just unlocked a memory that I completely forgot I had. I used to love Lil Simsy's videos. I mean, I still do. I just like haven't actively watched them, but I think I've told you before, like Kelsey, technically she goes by Kelsey Dangerous now. I love her too. I love her. And when she left BuzzFeed after the 100 baby challenge, I almost lost my mind. But then I was like, oh, I get it. Like you're going to do your own thing and you're still going to be doing this. I just was like, oh my God, is she done? But like Lil Simsy, you literally just opened a whole part of my brain that I forgot existed. She is so adorable. I love her. That is so funny. But I also just recently learned what it means to raid somebody on Twitch, Mm -hmm. which like you said is, and I feel like if a bigger creator is doing that, like that's obviously very flattering and it's huge. And it's not to say you don't want that, but waking up to an insane amount of new people, like a lot of people would find that really exciting. And to me, I just kind of find it terrifying. Like I would hate to all of a sudden have all these new people and I don't know who any of them are. Like I'm going to eventually learn, like I'm going to go out of my way to meet you. But I had this one client and I have a rule now that if somebody even on a discovery call, if anybody says anything about a certain number of followers, I won't work with them. And it's like a silent rule. Like I don't really tell them that obviously if they're listening to this, they know now, but I had such a bad experience with this, like a little over a year ago, we started working together and she was at like 90,000 followers on TikTok and her only goal, like literally when I said, what do you want to accomplish by working together? Her only answer. And the only thing she could come up with was I want a hundred thousand followers. And I didn't really press it too much at the time. Like I just was like, okay, so you want to grow. Like that's what your goal is. No, literally one the day that we hit 100,000 followers, she fired me. And I was like, but for what, like, what does that? And the best part is I check in on her every once in a while. And she has not grown at all. Like since we, and I'm not even saying it's because she doesn't work with me. I'm saying it's because you can tell she hit that point and then didn't care about it anymore. And I hate that for people. Like I, I will not work with people who are in that mindset because just because you have 10,000 followers, if you can't sell your product or service or offer to 10 people, you're not going to sell it to 10,000. And that's true. So many people just don't realize that. And obviously your situation's a little bit different. You're not necessarily selling anything, but your goal overall should be to build a community. And if you can't build a community with 10 people, you won't do it with 10,000. It'll actually be way harder to do it (laughs) with 10,000. I think people just think like communities show up ready to engage. It's just not how it works at all. Interestingly enough, I have dabbled into the NFT community as well. And if you want to sell NFTs, it is so community-based, like you have to have a community. And so there's a lot of like crossover. It's very interesting. I've been like learning a lot about community building from like NFT artists because you have to convince people to buy your art 
I was going to say, because, and this just goes, I don't know if we've ever had this conversation specifically, but it's something that I, you know, very outwardly say all the time. Like there's so much misinformation specifically about social media management floating around that it's so easy and you can start this business overnight. And I feel like when NFTs a couple months ago started to become a thing, everybody's like, oh, get on it now. It's going to be so easy. Like you can sell it for a million dollars. And it's like, it does not work like that at all. It is not easy. It is so hard. You have to build a whole community of people that care about you. Yeah. I'm so interested to ask you a question, not on this episode, because we're kind of running out of time, but I'm so, NFTs are something like, so I have not looked more into them than like five minutes. Like I understand what they are. I understand how it works. Like, where do you start? Like, how do you even know? Same thing with Twitch. It's like, how do you know? Yeah, it is very similar. And where to go? Yeah. And it's I so follow an amazing, are like- amazing creator on TikTok, which is really cool because the NFT community on TikTok is largely women. It is amazing. Like really? if you go on Twitter, it's all like moon boys, which is what they call like yes. annoying crypto bros, you know, TikTok, all ladies super great community on there. And I have a few creators I'll send you that like explain it in baby steps, baby steps. I need the watered down version. Very (laughs) complicated. I will say it's like probably five or 10 times more complicated than figuring out Twitch stuff. So, oh my God. (laughs) But then I think about it and it's like, people would ask me the same thing about social media. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's just so crazy. I feel like because information is available everywhere. We've gotten Mm -hmm. lazy looking for it. We like, don't ask me some questions. I'm like, can you look on YouTube. Like, can you, like, do you Google? know what like, Google is? Google yeah. is my answer to everything. I don't understand. Like people that post a comment on my TikTok, like asking something you could Google. I'm like, how long are you going to wait to get this answer? Like, That's do you I'm not saying. want the answer now? <laughs> I, I don't I, have, I'm instant gratification. Like I'm yeah. spoiled by TikTok. Like it gives me information in 60 seconds or less. I'm spoiled by Amazon prime that brings me stuff in two days. I need instant when I need the answer to something. I need it right now. So I hate to cut this conversation off because truly I feel like I could talk to you forever and (laughs) definitely be back for another episode. But before we go, I just want to make sure that you have time to give your handles and anything that you want to plug your other podcasts, your upcoming projects, whatever you want. So tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah. So I'm fluffy monkey on every social platform. It's F L U F F F the monkey. But yeah, you can find me. I have YouTube. I have Twitch. I have TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I pretty much use all social platforms. I love them. I'm crazy. I know, but it it just, I love it. If you wanted some mental health chats, come to Twitch. If you're looking for Sims content, go to Instagram. If you just want to get to know me as a person, find me on TikTok. I respond to every DM every all the time. So people are always like, oh my gosh, you responded. I'm like, yeah, why not? I don't know. I like engaging with people. So coming out, I also am on a podcast called We're All Just Faking It. You can find us everywhere podcasts are. It is a neurodivergent women focused podcast where we talk about all things life, mental health, anxiety, relationships, family, school, work, everything. So yeah, that's me. And thanks. I love that. And like I said, I'll link everything below. And I have listened to, I think it's been two episodes of the podcast that you're on. It's amazing. You're amazing. And seriously, thank you for your time today. You will be back. Thank you so much. I will link everything in the notes. And yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. 
I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Coach. So make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.